Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and golf. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. Just quick little introduction so we can get this out, but I just had a chat with Nathan Fave. We uh, obviously talked a little golf and God Zone. A few um, predictions, thoughts about what's happening and where he's been and what he's been doing. So... Not much to say about that. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a new Facebook page called AR Live Coverage. Uh, my friend Craig Cook is uh, trying to do some uh, live updates and coverage of various races. So, uh, you know, give it a like, give it a listen, Let's see if, if and what he adds um, to coverage. So that's it. Uh, Good luck to all the uh, God Zone racers. I'm going to, don't get mad at me, but I'm going to give a shout out here to AMK. Go well. Um, it's going to be a tough race. Hope you guys do good. And then to uh, JD's team, who I think should have been called Team TA1 and or Legendary Randy Erickson Films. But I don't know what they decided on, so... Have fun, guys, um, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Go fast, take chances. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't well, know what, what, time, what time is it there. It's uh, twelve thirty noon. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys, mm. yeah, you guys are easy. It's those Australians that make it hard to find a time that works. Oh, they're a pretty difficult bunch. Those Aussies. They are. So. Yeah. So, yeah. how you been? How those? How you? What you been doing yeah. since the uh, last time I saw you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Um, obviously, uh, summertime here in New Zealand, so it's an easy, easy way to uh, to fill in some time. So yeah, just just school holidays with the kids mainly. Um, I guess last time I saw you was in in the Shoalhaven in Australia, and yeah, pretty much just came home and and just sort of wrapped up the year. Um, just with work and and kids in school and things and then yeah we we sort of only just kind of got back into the real world really like we we take uh pretty much december and january school holidays um you know we're just going to do a lot of stuff with the kids while we can and and uh now we're sort of back into things what did you what did you guys do fun for christmas i've had this conversation with other people it's like i'm thinking i might like it when it's nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you say that because originally, um, our original plan for this Christmas was actually to be in the States. Um, we wanted huh? to have a white Christmas and and do some skiing, but um, yeah, our various for various reasons, we, we sort of postponed that idea. But, uh, oh, this Christmas was pretty quiet um, for us. I was with my brother and sister um, in, in Christchurch down south, and... Hmm. Uh, yeah, we had a pretty crazy day. My my brother and I and, and my father played golf in the morning, and and um, in the afternoon we actually went mountain biking at uh, an adventure park with the kids. Yeah. So um, yeah, put your bike on a chairlift and go and do do runs and downhill runs. <laughs> yeah, do you, uh, do you feel a little guilty doing that? <laughs> oh, it's quite fun with the kids, yeah. but yeah, it's not really my. Um, <laughs> You know, I probably prefer to just about ride up on the ride up on my bike and go down on the chairlift these days. Yeah, I hear you there. So, um, yeah. But I guess the big news 
since then is the hole in one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm glad you glad you brought that up. It saves me having to bring it up. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been playing playing quite a bit of golf, and uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to to get a hole in one on my uh, local course. Um, and as part of a tournament, which is a bonus, so it was great that it was in a tournament and wow. and also on my home course was was pretty fun. So, so yeah, a lot of golfers I think can go go a long time or go a whole lifetime without getting one. So I, I always sort of wondered if I if I ever 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 would, you know. And uh, so yeah, it's quite it's quite good to have slotted that. Yeah, how much of a hole of one is skill and how much is just luck? Oh, I think it depends on the. On it, I mean, it's obviously, it's obviously pretty lucky, um, you know, because you're aiming for what well, I think a, 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 the cup is four inches, so it's a pretty small target to seriously sort of aim for and expect, expect to get it in. So it, it is, it is definitely luck. But on on the same token, um, you know, there are some holes on some golf courses that that, you know, on this particular hole, it's the only hole on my course where. You actually, a golfer of my ability actually pays attention to where the pin is. So mm. if the pin's on the left-hand side, then I, I deliberately try and aim to the left of the green. And, you know, obviously if it's on the right, I aim for the right of the green. Any other hole, I don't care where I get as long as I'm on the green. Um, but this is the one hole where you do kind of tack the pin, uh, you know, quite quite well. And on that day, um, you know, I, I, I sort of paid attention to where the pin was and, and played my shot to try and get the ball as close to the pin. So, so th- th- that's probably one one hole where I think uh, it is it's definitely lucky. But you know, there is an element of skill. But on, on saying that, I was talking to another club member there, and he got a hole in one after 50 years of playing golf, and he actually had a really bad shot on the same hole. Hit it into a tree, it bounced around the tree, ricocheted off, hit the pin, and dropped into the hole. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> There's definitely a bit more luck involved in that one. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. And I know this isn't golf talk, but it this is something. <laughs> well, it it is something that I wonder why, because a lot of athletes in a lot of different sports golf. Why? Yeah. Why, what do you? What is? Why do you? Why do you do it? Uh, it, it is a good question, and I, to be honest, I'm a little bit frustrated that I enjoy it as much as I do because. Um, <laughs> It does sometimes feel like quite a pointless exercise, um, just out there, you know, sort of smacking this little ball around, mm-hmm. trying to get it around this course and as least possible shots as you can. But yeah. I think as a sports person, um, you know, it's a really good balance of, for me, I find, um, of kind of skill and precision. And, you know, I, I, I like the challenge of, of the skill of it. And, I mean, I obviously don't golf for exercise. Um, it's purely the game. It's just the challenge of, of playing the shots. And there's, there's a lot mm-hmm. of strategy around it. And um, the other thing I really like about it is the pressure. Like, I like, uh, you know, obviously trying to avoid making mistakes or errors around the course. But if you do, you know, there's a real skill and challenge in recovering from those mistakes and, um and sort of pushing on, you know, putting them behind you, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you can actually recover a game and score really well, even even by making some mistakes. But you, it's the ability to sort of recover from those things, um, and you know, it's quite similar. It really reminds me a lot of orienteering, actually. You know, when a typical orienteering course, you might have 20 controls. You know, you can post a really good time, but still make one or two mistakes. But 
you have to be able to kind of have a bad bad run, a bad sort of control, and go right. You know, yeah. let's forget about that one. Let's let's just focus on on um, on sort of improvement or doing a good job on this one. And and, and I think added to all that, um, you know, look, golf courses are often in really pretty places. It's yeah. quite nice places to kind of hang out. So yeah, I know, just something a bit different as well. Um, but you're right. There's a, a lot of you know, there's a lot of um, sports people, especially people that have had quite competitive careers and in a sport, you know, it can often sort of take up golf. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, just one more question about golf. Have you hit a perfect shot? Um, yeah, I probably have. Yeah, I think I've, I've probably hit a few shots where, you know, that's as good as any pro is going gonna, is gonna to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is, is those shots for me probably come, you know, one one in a hundred or one in two hundred or yeah. <laughs> or something. Because those guys are kind of hitting them, you know, ninety nine percent of the time. So so you do get connections where you know that 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 is, you know, you've reached kind of uh, the range of that club. You've positioned the ball where you want it to. Um, your swing feels great and easy. Um, but the challenge is is, is getting putting that together in a whole round. And uh, yeah. you know, I mean, to be let's be honest. I mean, I I'm never going to be a a, 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 a a golfer of any real high level. But that, that's another great thing about it is you you just you just challenge. I guess all sports like that. You you just challenge at whatever level um, you know you're at for yourself, really. So, so yeah. that's quite. Do, do, well, do you play yourself? Do you play golf? No, no, no. I I've hit a golf ball once in a while. Like you said, if if you hit a perfect shot once every two hundred. I'd get hit two perfect shots around because it yeah, takes yeah, yeah. four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I was just thinking as you're talking, golf. Okay, this is a stretch, but go with me. Golf and adventure racing are two sports that anybody can play on the same playing field as you or Tiger Woods in, in your respective sports, which is kind of cool, yeah. actually. It is, it is, yeah, and I, I think I'd agree with that, and I think actually you could probably, golf is probably one step ahead in that the handicapping system mm-hmm. means that, um, I mean, using Tiger as, 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 a, as the sort of comparison is I could actually go and have a game with Tiger and we play to our handicaps and we can actually have a really close close game, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, if, if you take that into account. Um, so that, that's, that's quite neat as well, like it, it They've done a, they've, you know, there's a lot of history, I guess, in that whole system, but essentially um, levels the, the the playing field. So, provided you play well to your sort of ability, um, yeah. you know, you can you can actually do really well in a tournament. Yeah, in an amateur tournament. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm. This is fun. I'm okay. One more question. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, because I'll ask people, you know, the uh, the everyday adventure racer, which I don't like that term, but I don't have a better one. Yeah, you know who would you like to race with? So who would you who would be your uh, foursome you'd love to play with? With a in, in a oh in a golf and golfing. Yep. Any, oh. Anybody, anytime, living dead, I don't care. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, well, I probably don't. You know, I, I'd have to admit I don't. I probably don't have that much association with um, you know, the the sort of the pro. The pro golfers and, and stuff, but the, the the one player I really admire is Bubba Watson because um, he has a lot of fun on the golf course. Like he, he's the guy that kind of 
you know, there's a shot that there's a 10% chance of sort of making it through this gap in the trees. And, and most of the pros will play conservatively and percentage-wise and stuff. But he always goes for the glory shots. And um, I think he'd be he'd be fun to play with. And, and the other person would be Lydia Ko, who's who's the woman's number one. And she's a Kiwi. And, and she's just got a real fun um, attitude. I, I love watching her on, on the golf course because she's, she's pretty much still a teenager. And, and that's what she looks like as a, as a teenage girl out there just – just having a whole lot of fun on a golf course. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and in his day, I think Tiger Woods would have been an incredible person to play with. I mean, obviously his game's kind of not the same as it was, but certainly, um, you know, when he was when he was on fire, uh, he would have been an amazing person to, to have around with for sure. So, yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. Okay, just in case anybody's still listening, let's let's go to God's <laughs> own. <laughs> Well, the golfers, so, still be, the golfers will still be listening. <laughs> that's true. Maybe maybe I'll pick up a few new listeners with yeah, yeah. Well, new podcast, Golf Chat with Nathan Favey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your history with God's Own? Oh, the history with God's Own. So um, I did the first four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen, yeah, so Queenstown, I can't remember even when they started. I think it was 2012. Um, so I did the first four, and then pretty much decided after that that was that was enough God zones for me. Um, mainly being that it's not a, it's not the ideal time of year for me to train for a race because to train for God zone you typically have to train through summer, and really that's when I want to be out doing stuff with my kids. And I can combine the two, you know, fairly well. But uh, you know, there's all, there is always compromises, and, and after four years of doing four God zones over in training over summer, I thought like, that, that that's enough. Um, and, and it was an easy out. Obviously, I was had some input into designing the course last year in Tasman because that's my hometown. So, yeah. so that was kind of an easy way of not doing God's own was sort of committing to Warren to help, you know, sort of yeah. be a local on the ground with course design. So I did that. And then this year, I, I have no um, connection with God's own. So the, the course is back down in Warren's hometown. So he sorted out the course and and I'm not in the team, even though I've been <laughs> asked a couple of times. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not racing and, and won't, won't be at the event. So, uh, yeah, so I guess that's my my history and, and sort of status at the moment. So will you be dot watching any or are you, are you just kind of a casual casual interest of it? Yeah, um, probably, probably just casual. Like I'll definitely um, – you know, I'll be keen, I'll keen when the course is announced to kind of see, um, you know, where it's going. And, and I'll definitely go on and, and follow. You know, I've got, I've got a lot of friends, obviously, racing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's exciting. I mean, events racing is, is um, exciting. But um, the, the main reason I think why I probably won't be doing a huge amount of dot watching is we're actually going away for three days uh, at the same time as the as the God Zone is, mm-hmm. is sort of on. So I'll actually be in the hills um, for a large part of the race, with just with my family, so um, in, in a different part of part of New Zealand, so we'll miss kind of a bit of it. But uh, but no, I'll, I'll definitely be uh, eager to to kind of see how how it's unfolding. Um, but but maybe not uh, sort of glued glued to the screen. I'm just a little <laughs> bit too busy for that, I think. Yeah, but, well, but I'll, I'll watch on with interest, absolutely. Yeah. So let's um, let's kind of handicap the race. What do you? Uh... Who's your odds-on favourite? Well, uh, it's um, I, I have to say, you, you know, um, Yellen's, um, yeah. you know, the previous winners with 
you know, obviously my my teammate um, Chris um, in the team. But on saying that, it's uh, it's always a little bit hard. You know, I mean, I, I never sort of probably bet on an adventure race because, as mm-hmm. you know, there's so many sort of curveballs and, and things that can go go wrong for teams out there that, that there's no sort of sure bets. But um, but I, I, I think that would be hard to beat if they have a good race. You know, like I think if if someone on their team gets injured or yeah, you know, if they break something, then obviously they're gonna they're gonna be vulnerable. But uh, if if they if they go well, if they have a good race and and things are good, then I I, I can't really see anyone um, getting in front of them for for a number of reasons. But the other thing is too with the venture racing, I think that's often sort of um, perhaps not really taken into account that much. I don't think. Uh, when, when sort of people are picking the races, uh, is it actually what the course is? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think different courses uh, can play to different teams' strengths and weaknesses. So I don't know much about the course. I've seen the sort of the outline of the box plan, but it's a little bit confusing. Um, it gives the order of events, but but not a whole lot yeah. more information. Yeah. And uh, to, to me, it it, it, uh, it looks you know, it doesn't sort of strike me as sort of favouring any particular. Kind of kind of team. So, and like I mean, you know, some years, you know, like Brazil, for example, is like, yeah, you want to be a good paddling team to go to Brazil, yeah. you know, sort of thing. So, so I don't know. I think um, you know, the, my, my predictions may change a little bit once I actually see, you know, the course. I mean, I know the terrain down there pretty well. So once mm-hmm. I know where the course is going, I might be like, oh, actually, this team, this team's going to actually do really well. Um, you know, for these reasons, now that I've seen the course, so yeah. But yeah, to answer your original question in a roundabout way, I, I think Yearlands would be, um, you know, a very difficult team to beat. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> you're not going out on a limb with that production, that's for certain. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's not just Chris. You know, I mean, yeah. Chris is obviously exceptional on, on many levels, but the, the, yeah. the two guys, um, the Dan's in that team, you know, <laughs> they're they're exceptional athletes and. And, and bring a lot of skills. Uh, you know, you're not just not just the outdoor, um, you know, event racing, the hard skills, but a lot of, um, you know, Dan Moore's got some great sort of teamwork and leadership skills, and and uh, and Simone is is incredibly talented, um, you know, female. So you know, they they sort of tick all the boxes. Um, really, it's not just. It's, I mean, there's obviously Chris is a, is a big factor, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a good team. And, and, you know, I guess they've got the confidence of having won last year. Um, that's worth a lot as well. Yeah, there's, the, yeah, home court sort of advantage and that, I, I don't know, when you know you're good, it helps you be good, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's not many people who have actually won God's Own because our team won the first four. And then yeah. obviously last year, sort of Chris went on with, with the Yearlands team to win the fifth. So, when you actually look at who's won God's Zone, it's a very small group of people. <laughs> um, so, it, it, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, that kind of makes it a little bit hard for other teams to kind of to, to break into that um, core group, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've probably talked about this before too, but how um, – how, what's it like going into the race sort of knowing that it's yours to lose and you – I mean, you can you concentrate more on the course then, as opposed to let's say adventure medical kits. They're good, but they kind of got to concentrate on 
on Yeelands and, and not just the course. I mean, I, everybody says, no, we're racing the course, but we know that's not really true, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yes. I guess it's finding that balance, really. Um, you know, you you, you want to sort of use the other teams around as as a bit of a gauge and and sort of for motivation and inspiration and stuff. But I I really think you do have to, you know, you you have to really kind of prioritise what your team's needs are as mm-hmm. much as you can. And um, you know, I, I guess there's critical points in the race where. You just have to suck it up and push on. You know, you know that you can't, you can't kind of lose time here. Uh, maybe there's a dark zone, or maybe you just got a sense that, you know, the race is kind of unfolding at this minute. You know, often, often there's, there's a point, a, real, a turning point in, in, a, in a race where, uh, you know, it's quite significant. And I, I think at times, sometimes you just have to go with that. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time, I think you just have to. Do your own thing and, and just think right you know right now we're feeling good let's go for it or right now one of our teammates is <clears throat> is kind of struggling so we need to nurture this person um, different things but I know that the, the God Zones I did you know for a couple of years there uh, you know no disrespect to the other Kiwi teams but you know we we had a big advantage I mean we were racing three or four times a year we had amazing sponsorship um, you know we were going out and testing ourselves around the world so to come home to race God Zone, we had a couple of pretty easy years um, where we pretty much could just go out and have a, have an adventure just with our yeah. and win the race quite comfortably. And I must admit that was that was a pretty easy way to race. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so I think yeah, I, th- I can't remember what the exact question was, but I, hopefully I've answered it. I think so. It's just kind of that being able to race just the course and not other teams. Because mm. I mean, that's where you guys were when you were at those races, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the more you can just race the course, the, the better you'll be for it. Um, you know, and I think I think if you're trying to win the race, then then you know, like I said, you, 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 there's probably times where you, you you have to actually engage with the race and go right now the, the race is on, so we need to we need to pay attention to what the other teams are doing. But for most of the teams, for most teams they'll be better off just, just racing the course, just going, let's get ourselves through this course as fast as we can. Let's not worry about those guys. Because, you know, you don't have to go far down the field. And, you know, a lot of the teams, you can't really rely on the teams that are around you, you know. Like, you know, if you're outside of that top ten and you're sort of going along the road and you see a team sort of go off in another direction, you can't sort of rely that what they're doing is, is the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think a lot of teams back in the pack kind of, waste a lot of time by being distracted by by other teams yeah yeah um what do you think kind of more general has has adventure racing kind of swung to the racing side again um i guess i guess i don't sort of feel for me personally that it's changed all that much like i i, I suppose i I have a perhaps a, a little bit more of a perhaps a global or you know like a, more of a, a bigger view of the sport. Um, you know, like I've done the last seven world champs, and then I don't know twenty eventual World Series races in, in that period or something like that. I, I can't even count them, but <laughs> I, I guess I guess for me, I it, it sort of. You know, I sort of look at things more as more over a period. So, so if I think back over the last seven world champs, you know, like I sort of feel like they've, 
you know, they've sort of ticked all the boxes. You've had sort of short kind of mm. race courses. You've had super long adventure courses. You've had a few mm. things in between, you know, um, a few different climates, um, you know, different styles. So, so I don't know. It kind of, to me, it just sort of journeys along and, and it, you know, from one year to the next, it's slightly different. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess certainly coming off the back of the World Champs, you know, that was definitely a a bit of a drag race course. You know, I mean, you just look at the, you know, the, the how close some of the teams were finishing, but that, yeah. that wasn't any real surprise either. You know, pre-race, we knew it was going to be um, quite a short race and, and probably not that difficult and and probably quite close. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess just... Just because of that one race, it doesn't sort of make me feel that, that there's been a significant change. Um, okay. Um, but, but maybe, maybe it's the start of, of that change. But I, I definitely think the racing had to get a bit shorter, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Brazil was probably a bit, I mean, you know, yeah. it's a bit too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's that's maybe the one major thing we need now is to make them, even the expedition races, a little shorter? Yeah, I think I think around four days is is about right for your winning time for world champs. Yeah. I reckon I don't really think they need to be any longer, and you'll get more exciting, closer racing if the racing's shorter. I think. Yeah. The longer the race is, you just you're just playing into the hands of the really experienced teams, and um, you know <laughs> you you just have to look through the data of of all the racing right back to Eco Challenge days and. You know, once you go beyond that sort of four days, you, you start seeing some some huge time gaps forming yeah. up. You know, you know, you know, we've put you know twelve hours into teams and, and sort of thirty hours. You know, once you've gone over that um, sort of five six days sort of thing, because it, it does become <laughs> sort of attrition. And there's only a few teams really around in the world that have got the skills to hold themselves together for that long. So. So I, I think short, the shorter racing is more exciting. It, it, mm. it consumes less resources. It's less organising for the for the race directors. Um, you're more exciting for the for the fans. Uh, more achievable for more teams. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a good step. Yeah, cool. Um, two or three other Kiwi teams that you think are going to be in the mix. Yeah, well, I think um, just the usual. You know, like when I scan through that. Uh, team list. I mean, it'll, it'll be the same as when you look through it. I mean, what what you're really looking for is is the experienced people mm-hmm. or teams. And uh, you know, it's not surprising at the end of each race, it's the sort of the same people turning up on the podium. <laughs> so, so I think um, you know, my sort of predictions for the race is not all that different from last year's results. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Sword Fox will be will be really competitive. Um, yeah. You know, like Stu, Stu's in that team. You know, obviously another one of my teammates, and and Stu, Stu flies under the radar a lot. Um, but you know, a lot of people probably don't realise that uh, you know, the Stu, Stu does a lot of um, navigational support, a lot of valuable na- navigational support for Chris when we're yeah. racing. And um, you know, he is. You know, Chris will admit that that Stu is quite possibly. Um, the next best sort of venture racing navigator there is out there. I mean, he obviously navigated um, the team to a, to a world champs win in, in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Brent Edwards is in that team as well in Sword Fox, and, and he he was a navigator for um, Orion when they won 
the world champs in Brazil in 2008. So there's quite a bit of history there. Uh, and Stu mm. was in that team too. So, yeah. you know, those guys are going to be um, be very competitive. And uh, who else was in there? Yeah, oh, yeah, Ash Whitehead, he's a good, strong, also all-rounder, very talented outdoor outdoorsman. And, mm-hmm. um, and then Georgia is, a, again, she's, she's a super, superb navigator and, and racer as well. So, so I think, yeah, definitely, definitely Sword Fox, uh, you know, to, is going to be up there um, without a doubt. Uh, and Torpedo 7 is it, will be another Kiwi team. Um, Joe Williams, who we race with in the Shoalhaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's joined. Well, she's got a she's got a really good team. Uh, a couple of a couple of new guys in that team: Glenn Curry and, and Greg Hamilton. Greg Greg is actually Chris's uh, rogating teammate. So Greg won the world rogating champs with Chris last year, and um, and does a lot of the rogating with Chris. So he's a guy that can keep up with Chris for 24 hours of running. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is which is impressive. Um, yeah, whether or not they can. Whether or not those guys can sort of, you know, battle enough to start, to get them stay in the top three, I don't know. I mean, eventually medical kits is going to is going to be up there too. You know, like yeah. uh, those guys are, you know, racing regularly. Um, they're continually improving. Um, you know, I, I, they're definitely they're definitely a good team to that's going to be in the mix. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then there's yeah. you know there's probably five or six Kiwi teams that. That are going to be scratching around that, um, you know, fifth, fourth, and fifth place. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's probably, yeah, you know, there'll be, there'll be literally that. You know, I think the top ten teams in this race will all be very, very capable, strong teams with strong females, strong navigators, and um, and and good experience. You know, good, good, good outdoor sort of backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. So, sort of a wide, especially after you get maybe after those, you know. First three really kind of gets wide open then. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like I don't think there'll be much separating them, but there's there's a whole lot of teams in there that could, you know, that have got the got the potential to, um, you know, obviously there's those sort of big teams, you know, the the, the four that we've mentioned, the Yearland, Sword Fox, AMK, and Torpedo Seven. I mean, that, historically, that those guys have yeah. finished up there, but you know, you've got Bivouac, um, who, who who are always thereabouts. Um, there's Mrs. Fawn's boys who, in a variation of that team, were sort of about fifth last year as well. That's Emily, um, Chris's wife, is, is in that mm. team. Yeah. Uh, the Tiki Tour team, you know, they changed their name a bit, but they're always they're always about there. Um, Sneaky Weasels are always always scratching around. Rebel Foods, um, Cloud Base Nine, that's another team with with uh, good experience. Young young sort of orienteers. Uh, predominantly, so yeah, there's there, there's a it'll be it'll be some good racing. Yeah, it'll be uh, fun to watch the dots. Be more fun if I was there, but guess what? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a shame you couldn't get down. It's um, it's an yeah. amazing world down there, and um, yeah. Do you think that? I mean, it looks like they're going to be cold part of the time. Get it in the mountains and look like some snow and stuff. Think that really will affect the top racers or that's just they just deal with it yeah i don't, I don't think it would affect them too much uh unless unless it starts sort of forcing course changes and things mm-hmm. uh, we, we've actually had a, a pretty weird uh summer here in new zealand I, I was down in that area around new year uh doing a trip 
uh, for about 10 days in the mountains down that way. And just after we came out of the mountains, um, you know, there's 30 centimetres of fresh snow uh, yeah. down there on, on the mountains. And there's been quite a lot of snow already in, in the high mountains down there. So it, it really could be anything. Um, it, it's hard to know at this stage what what uh, what weather they'll get. You know, the forecasting's not accurate enough yet to yeah. get an idea. But it could actually be... It could just be really nice, or it could be extremes. It could be <laughs> could be southerly, snowy, icy <laughs> yeah. weather, um, w- which will be winter conditions, really. Or it could actually be super, super hot, um, like seriously hot, um, sort of heat stroke type sort of conditions, you know. So, so yeah, it's um, it's a it's a pretty interesting dynamic uh, part of the world down there, and and uh, yeah, but we just have to wait and see, really, what, uh, yeah. what happens. Yeah. That damn weather! It's uh, seventy. I think it's seventy-four degrees here right now, and then by Friday night it's going to be nine, nine degrees. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, but, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I guess for the for the for the New Zealand teams at least, uh, you know, they'll be they'll be travelling to the race with with all all condition, um, you know, clothing. They know that uh, that it, that it could be very very cold. Yeah, well, if the yeah. southerlies come. Mm. Yeah, nice when you don't have to pack. Well, they probably better be packed by now, but you can take all some of that extra stuff just in case. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and actually, for the international teams, I mean, Queenstown's a very easy place to source gear. Um, yeah. You know, it's a if you if weather's looking bad and you want something, you better get it very easy there. So, so that's good. Yeah. So. Um, okay, well, let's wrap this up. Just one, kind of one more thing. Are you going to be doing any racing this year, or are you kind of waiting and seeing? No, I'm I'm not planning to. Um, I've I've been sort of asked a few times, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I wasn't planning to this time last year either. And yeah, we, so <laughs> um, doing some racing, but no, I've said to the same team. So we just we just recently locked in uh some seagate sponsorship which is great so it means that the team the team will be racing uh it looks like they'll be racing china and and obviously world champs at cowboys so that's cool yeah um so i'm i I don't actually know it's sort of up to chris and Stu really um who they want to race with so i'm not i'm not i'm assuming it'll be joe um but yeah i've sort of left it up to them um to sort of make that make the call as to as to who's in the team and I'm not sure really who the who the male, um, the other male will be. We're pretty spoilt for choice here in New Zealand. I guess it just depends on what what sort of skill set they they're after mm-hmm. um, um, for that. So no, I'm not um, I'm not planning to do any racing. I, there there is a, I have, I'm sort of involved. It's quite exciting. I'm I'm hoping it'll kind of eventuate. Um, I, I can't sort of say too much, but um, there's a new country that's looking at joining the World Series. Um, next year, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've been in talks with them about about uh, sort of helping them out with course design, and uh, well, yeah, that basically. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I'm just sort of just sort of waiting to hear back uh, on, on some of the information there. So I might actually be be off off um, somewhere in the world this year, sort of doing some groundwork, um, designing a course for a for a World Series race next year. Um, which is exciting. It's a cool country, and and I think it'll be uh, yeah. They've got a long term view to, to host the world champs in maybe 2020. Um, so yeah, it'll be awesome to be able to 
to be able to sort of be involved in that sort of design. You know, obviously I've <laughs> got a few opinions on on how. <laughs> so um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll so see. If, yeah. So if you if you do that, how would you start? Go over, get on the ground and start looking around, or grab maps, or yeah. How would, how would you design a course from scratch like that? Well, I think. Um, this is an interesting, a slightly interesting one because because it's I guess it's part of a bigger plan and that, and there's a lot of balls in the air. Um, mm. You know, it's very early days and, yeah. and and whether I'm involved or not still is is is, is still I guess just up in the air. But it's it's almost part of a, a three year plan where um, you know that with the goal to to host the world champs in 2020. So it's almost sort of working backwards from there. Like I think in some ways. You want to save the best for last, so so if if that if, if that's what happens, I, I, I it'll actually be sort of going right. Well, I think it'd be quite important to actually have a pretty good idea of where the world champs course is going to go um, first off, and then sort of mm-hmm. work backwards from there and, and sort of build some excitement around racing in that particular country, yeah. but without without sort of going on to your um, you know your world championship sort of course if that makes sense. So yeah. I think it's um, yeah. I, I, I don't think it'll be all that different to uh, you know to, to how we design courses here. Like I'm right now, I'm, I'm right in the thick of um, you know our events that we run in New Zealand. Uh, you know, doing literally that um, yeah. course design event management. And um, we usually just start by looking at maps and and Google imagery and just going, well, look, this looks like a here, here's a river. This would be cool, and that looks like a, a you know we can. It looks like there'd be good trekking in those mountains, and there's a nice lake, and there's a bit of ocean, and just kind of, you know, you get together some sort of general ideas and concepts, and and then sort of look at infrastructure around it, you know, look small towns or cities or sort of various things, and then uh, and then start kind of planning a planning a course really, and I, I I guess you know for any country that's hosting hosting a race, uh, it's a chance to showcase, you know, what's special, so. Yeah. A lot of it, I think, will be de- working with you know, local tourism departments and going, "What is it that you want to show off? <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what are you really proud of here? What do you want to incorporate um, into your event and, and those sort of things?" So, yeah, I think it's just a sort of a balance of that. And then once you get that, you know, certainly, I'm just sort of speaking of ex- from my experience of designing courses in New Zealand. You know, once you sort of get the area, then you start putting together a course that. Will be enjoyable to race. Uh, obviously, fun stages, but also in an order that is sort of logical. Um, you know, a sequence where where teams get you know get a bit of recovery and get some easy bits and then some challenging bits and and uh, sort of and sort of mix it up so it's got yeah. good variety as opposed to being just super hard the whole time or super boring or whatever it might be. You know, just kind of making it making it interesting and dynamic. Yeah. I think, and then, yeah. and, then weatherproof, and then weatherproofing, it's a big one. Yeah, that's the that's the real big one. Once you get that course plan, it's like right, how's how's this going to be weather affected if if we're uh, if we're really unlucky? So, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, so, that yeah. said, when when you can talk more, if you can, let me know, and we'll uh, we'll chat about yep. the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, it'll be, be be real cool to be involved in um, to in, in that course design sort of side of it, and and uh, and you know put some put some energy back into the sport and in and in that sort of slightly different uh, angle. And 
a lot of it too, I think, has just been nice to be able to utilise some of the stuff I've learnt over the years. Um, you know, adventure racing. Uh, you know, I've done some great courses and, and some that are not so great. And, and I think yeah. you sort of, yeah, um, pick up a few things and and uh, yeah. yeah, just talking from the athletes and racers as well. And and uh, you know, sort of as you know, it sort of goes through um, a few cycles. So it's about yeah. kind of putting stuff out there. It's that's timed timed well for the. With the uh, people at the time, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure you know what works and what doesn't work, so you're a good resource. Yeah, yeah. What about what about yourself? What, what where are you? Um, have you got any other races that you? Obviously, you'll be a cowboy. Are you going to any other? Um, you know that plane tickets email is here. No, not yet. Um, waiting kind of here from uh, Expedition Africa, but I think they're waiting. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, from from the tourist people and yeah. um, probably I mean pretty sure I'm going to go to Primal Quest, but oh know, yeah, yeah, you just yeah you just never know until you know like I said until you get the email with your ticket you're never really sure right <laughs> yeah 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 totally totally so oh well oh and that's cool I I, I heard there's a Hall of Fame started up and yeah you got listed in there that that congratulations on that. Yeah, I keep thinking somebody made a mistake because if you look at that list, there's. I'm not sure why my name is on it with everybody <laughs> else, but but uh, hey, I'll take service, it. Service to sport, it's great. Well, thank you. So yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going back to work. I'm building cabinets. You probably nice. got to go play. Oh, I've been out paddling this morning. I got I got some work to do now. So um, yeah, yeah. Right. I'll get it to the day. So, Most well, of, yeah. not having the kids around in the house, so yeah, <laughs> get something done. So, yeah. in honor of our topic this week, instead of go fast and take chances, I'm going to say, uh, grip it and rip it. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, chase those, chase those holes and ones. There you go. Let me know when yeah. you get another one. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> okay, thanks. Oh, all right. Well, we might have a couple of emails, but uh, bouncing backwards and forwards uh, while God Zone's on. Once we see what's happening, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. one. If you if you if you see anything that you want to comment on, just let me know. We'll do a quick yeah, nice update. Yeah, cool, cool. Okay, all right, thanks. Nice Bye. one. Bye. See ya. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. I lit my brain with rot gut whiskey. Till my pain was chicken fried. And I had dudes with badges frisk me Teach me how to swallow pride I took advice no fool would take I got some habits I can't shake I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer But I know enough to know If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. 
When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. That's the way it is in life and love. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. Up and down and down and out I've been left and right and wrong Well, I walk the walk and I run my mouth Been on that short end for too long But if they gave medals for honky-tonk wars Hell, I'd keep mine in my chest of drawers with my IRS bills and divorce papers and all that stuff. Help you gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough.